study together. Who do you say the Jesus is? Who do you say that Jesus is? This is practical. This is everyday life. It is divine, but in your life, who do you say that Jesus is? Is he bigger than your issues? All right. We are going to embrace the true Jesus, the true teaching, the true, the real hit the road Jesus. So the scripture tells us that he came with a new teaching and authority. A new teaching and authority. Now all of you have heard all this. I'm sure everything I speak today, you've read the scriptures. But have we chosen to make them bigger than the issues that we go through? Have we chosen to make this our lives? You see what I'm saying? Have we chosen the big, 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 more than we could ever imagine Jesus to be the truth in how we walk? In how we believe. Mark 1, 21. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Well, yeah. Sure have. Sure have. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. If you're in Jesus, this is you. This is you. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. This is the picture of believers today. It's what's available to you. Are you going to walk in it? You're going to be lazy or are you going to walk in it? You're going to search out and seek the true revelation of what you have been given. The people were amazed, it says. This was new teaching with authority, unlike the teachers of the law. Jesus has called all of us to embrace his new order. This was a new order. 
and we are all called to embrace it. As Jesus went about healing, he went about healing, he went about doing good. His own family said he was out of his mind. Have you ever had your family tell you you're out of your mind? Good, because you don't want to be in your carnal mind anyway. You really don't. You want to have the mind of Christ. Scripture tells us that the believers have the mind of Christ. The teachers of the law disregarded Jesus, saying that he was a demon, that he was possessed of the devil. Mark 3, verse 20. Then Jesus entered the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house for whatever you need. Jesus is in the house for the desires of your heart that you have committed to him. Then Jesus entered the house, and again, a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him. They were going to go save him, protect him, right? For they said, he is out of his mind. And the teacher of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, he is possessed by Beelzebub, by the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. Now honestly, what kind of sense does that make? Why would a demon drive out a demon? I mean, it's a preposterous thought. Even the demons knew who Jesus was. The demons recognized him. Why not the Pharisees? We'll get to that in a minute. Mark 1. What we just read, 23. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. So see, they knew who Jesus was. They recognized his power and his authority. We need to come to the full revelation of who Jesus really is. Just because we've been Christians for a long, long time doesn't mean we have, there's always more to learn. And it does not mean that we have not, that we have embraced the full revelation of our Jesus. Mark 1.32, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, and he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Mark 5.1, they went across to the lake of the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained, hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. Is there any demon, any soulish tie too strong for Jesus. No. No. 
No one was strong enough to subdue him in their own flesh. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Any of you know? Youth, perhaps, that cut themselves? Jesus is the cure. The love of the Lord has taken care of that. Okay? We've had, and I can say it because our youth is not here today. Because guess why? None of them have parents who will bring them. You want a ministry? Our youth pastor went with her family for a family weekend, and there's no one to bring the youth. Because not a single parent will get out of bed and bring them. So if you want a ministry, talk to April. Bless her heart. A woman after the very heart of God. And Chad. Where was I? That was an extra. <laughs> no one is strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, the tombs in the hills, night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Then he saw Jesus from a distance. He ran and fell. Let me tell you, beloved, demons must fall when you walk. You walk in the revelation of the living God. The living God. The living God. I'm saying the living God. Jesus was life. And the life in him was the light of all men. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. The spirits recognize Christ, our risen, our risen Lord. Now, so the demons knew. How much more should we know? How much more should we know? when we walk in the true revelation of who Jesus is, his love, his compassion, his mercy. Evil spirits fell down, fell down before him. Mark 3, verse 10, for he had healed many so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the evil spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, you are the son of God. So the demons knew him, why didn't the Pharisees know him? Any suggestions? The Pharisees didn't know him because they didn't know the love of God. You seem very underwhelmed by that statement, but it's the truth. They were not walking in the love and compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ. The mercy of Jesus. They presented a heartless, a heartless gospel. Filled with compassion, filled with compassion, 
Jesus heals. Whatever the situation, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, whatever it is. Filled with compassion, Jesus heals. Mark 1, verse 40. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. Aren't you glad you don't have to beg? Aren't you glad you have covenant promises? A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing. He said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was cured. Go through the miracles of Jesus. Go through, go through the miracles of Jesus and see how many times in Scripture it says that they were because he had compassion. He has compassion for you. You are not disqualified. Jesus himself asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? That's what we're getting to. Who do you say that I am? Jesus healed. He provided. Healings. Read Mark. Okay, this is all y'all's homework this week. Read Mark 1 through 3 chapters. Read them all. And you might have to read more than a chapter a day. Okay? You can do it! And then read Mark 5 through 10. Chapters. Read them. It's going to bless you. You can do it. I know you can. I have confidence in you. <laughs> Provision. He multiplied the loaves and the fishes. One time more than 5,000. One time more than 4,000 people. And guess what? There was overflow. There wasn't just a meager provision. There was overflow. If any of you want to try to figure out the math, it's really amazing because you just start with a few little loaves and a couple fish and you have baskets and baskets left over. That's overflow for you. So how could the disciples see all of this? How can we, nobody here, nobody at RCC, <laughs> but how can an individual see all this and then not understand the supernatural authority that is in our very midst and available to us that God wants us to walk in? Right? But the scripture says that they had not, his disciples, so, you know, maybe we have something to think about. His disciples had not, not understood the loaves and the fishes. They had not understood it. Mark 6, verse 47. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. Oh, beloved, ask God for revelation. Do not let him pass you by. He was going to pass by. See? 
grab him, guys. <laughs> grab hold. Say, give me more. Well, that's kind of an odd statement because he's given all he ever needed to give. So we really shouldn't say, give me more. We should say, help me understand more. Right? We always want to look at that properly. He's given you everything that you need. So it's our position to say, reveal more. Help me understand more. Not reveal more. Help me receive revelation of what you've already done. That's the more that, that we're after. Receiving, understanding. Walking in the divine nature of Christ. He was about to pass, him, to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. See the, whoop, okay, wake up, wakey, wakey. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. That's a good life lesson. Take courage, it is I, in other words, I'm right here in your midst, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed. You see, we should not be looking at we should not be looking with incredulity at the almighty power of God, at the supernatural of God. We, we, we should not be looking at that with gaping, you know, with our mouths gaping in an incredulous measure. You see that? They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. They were not singing. They were dull of heart. We must desire revelation. More and more revelation. Okay, let me just clear this so I don't have to keep correcting. When I say we desire more revelation, that doesn't mean God has not given us something, okay? Can we just settle that so that I don't have to keep correcting it? You know, it's just like someone saying, oh, come on, Holy Spirit, and give me more fire. <laughs> Excuse me, you have the Holy Spirit. He never went out, he never goes out, he is burning with fire all the time, and it's just a matter, are you going to tap in, recognize it, speak it, walk in it? Okay, so when I say we desire more revelation, there is no lack on God's part. So when I say that, it's a short term for me saying we desire, we seek after, we go after. Okay? All right. I just don't want to be misunderstood. For, for his glory. Okay, so we go after it. The depth of the heart of God for us. We must go after the depth of the heart of God for us. All natural forces, all natural forces are subject to the power and the authority of Jesus. And when we walk in his love, that power and that authority emanates and heals and brings healing, provision, understanding, 
So their minds were dull to the revelation of who the real Jesus was. So their minds were dull to what they had already seen. And they did not perceive the greatness of the living of the word. The living life of God. They did not attend in their hearts and in their minds to what they had seen. Oh, that was great. Isn't that great? Isn't that just great? He just took a few little loaves and a couple fish, and he just fed everybody. Move on. (laughs) Come on. I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to anyone. Because we all need more of this. See, they didn't learn Jesus was about to pass him by. Do not let him pass you by. Demand, demand, demand what belongs to you. He wants you to demand what belongs to you. He provided it so you could do his will here on this earth. The kingdom of God come here to destroy your bondages, to heal the oppressed and set them free, to cure all sickness and disease. When you're in the room, Jesus is in the room. You walk over, you lay hands on the sick and they recover. We're seeing this more and more here in our midst. Perceive and receive who Jesus is, what he is. See, they did not connect to the glory and the greatness of God. But it is for those who will recognize him. Mark 6, 53. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was and wherever he went into villages, towns, or countryside. They placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak and all who touched him were healed. All. All who touched him were healed. We do not beg for what he has given. They were begging. They didn't understand. We do not beg. The devil wants to withhold the blessing. It belongs to you. You don't need to beg. You don't need to talk to the devil about it. He has no say anyway. Right? Talk to your God. We are after revelation of the real Jesus. The unorthodox, the unorthodox, the out-of-the-box Jesus, the sitting at the right hand of the Father who has given you every spiritual blessing in Christ, Jesus. The ascended life, Jesus. The Almighty, the one and only, The King of Kings. Glory be to you, Father. Mark 8. Jesus in uh, verse 27. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, Who do people say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah. And still others, one of the prophets. But what about you? 
What about you? What about you? What about you? What about you? What about all of you? What about it? He asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Christ. Remember what we were studying about Christ? The term? It means the anointed one. And Christ is in you. Are you anointed of him? Yes. The anointed one. This is his supreme title that is being used here. He who carries the anointing. Are you going to be a, an anointing carrier? Are you? Because this is your choice. It really is, beloved. You know, we don't have to mystify the glory. Are you going to be a glory carrier? Hallelujah. I love that answer. Because all you got to do is agree with God. Period. That's all you got to do. You know, like when I just recently went to heaven, what did he say to me? What, does anybody here remember? Woo! When he said I was gonna, he was going to send me home, and I said, wait a minute, God. Or take. He said, take. That was the word, take. I'm going to take you home. I said, no offense, God, but I am not. I don't, I don't want to go with you right now. I want to go back to my church and my husband and my kids because I have a lot more work that I want to do for you. And what was his response? Does anybody here remember? Good, Lisa Marie. I'm glad you agree with me. What does that tell you? It tells you that all you have to do is agree with his word. Simple. Agree with this and don't say it's too good to be true. Don't say I can't do it because in Christ you can do all things. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. In your weakness he is made strong. Agree with this. No matter what you think the temporary cost is. Because if you don't agree with this, you will be paying a big cost. Does anybody know where I was? <laughs> anyway, all the prior teaching in Mark is tied to this revelation. The Christ, the Christ, the Christ in my life. The only thing that limits the anointing, the revealing of Christness of Jesus, the Christness of Jesus in our lives is our own thinking, is our, just our own disagreement with the word. Our own choice not to understand or to understand. 
So let's just take the revelation that he's already laid out in front of us. He speaks to you by his Holy Spirit. You just sit down. You just talk to him. You just say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me what I need to know. He is a voice. Doesn't the scripture say? He is a voice speaking to you, whether you turn to the left or to the right. He is saying, this is the way. Walk in it. It's really warm in here. So, is it just me? Okay, never mind then. Just to leave it the way it is. So, do you have the mind of Christ or do you have the mind of man? Amen. Mark 8. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and, he, and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. <laughs> Hallelujah. He spoke plainly about this. He spoke plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Can you even imagine rebuking the Christ? Well, guess what? Anytime you don't agree with the word, you're rebuking Christ. If you don't agree with the word, if you choose to walk differently from the word, you are rebuking Christ. I am rebuking Christ. So we're not going to do that here. We're going to make the word first and foremost. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, so he did this in front of all the disciples, so that everyone can learn together, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have the mind of the things of God, but the things of men. I would say that's a pretty crucial point. Satan wants to hold back the blessings and the goodness of God in your life, and he get, tries to get you to have the mind of men, the carnal, the soulish agreement with the world instead of agreement with God. He wants to try to hold, withhold the blessing or hold it back. When you agree with the word, do the word, say the word, he, can't, he cannot do that in your life. Foolproof. When one, nobody here at RCC, when one, when an individual thinks with the mind of man, just like he just now said about Peter here, he or she knowingly or unknowingly becomes an instrument of the devil. It is serious. When people around you are in need, you must pray the word. It's serious. It's life or death. And you are going to be instruments of life. <laughs> yeah, it has a really good ending. <laughs> so, there was a man who drove out demons, but he was not one of the disciples. Should be a lesson for all of us. Mark 9, 38. Teacher, said John, we saw a man driving out demons in your name, in your name, so in the name of Jesus, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Well, that's some stinking thinking. 
That's some pharisaical thinking. Do not stop him, Jesus said. No one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. I tell you the truth. Anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name, because you belong to Christ, will certainly not lose his reward. Share, share, share. Do not be ashamed of the word. This is for you guys. If we will but believe the truth of Jesus Christ, who he really is, what he came to do, the gospel of life. What revelation are you going to walk in? It's really just, it's completely your choice. In the gospel of Mark, remember we studied this maybe a month ago in, in, some, in quite a bit of depth. It says, he who has ears, let him hear, right? And those who have eyes, they will see. Mark eight seventeen. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? You see, they were not applying the very revelation of Christ in their midst to their lives, to their futures. This is an invitation to every one of us to walk in the overflow. This is your, if you need one, if you need an invitation, this is your invitation. The abundant blessings, the abundant provision, the overflow of God. Mark 4, 21. He said to them, do you bring in a lamp and put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Consider carefully. Consider carefully what you hear. Meditate on it. Yeah, this has a secondary meaning too, you know. Pay attention to what you're letting in your ear gate. Yes. 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 But it also means... Consider it. Give it attention. Give it thought. Consider what you hear. He continued, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more, even more, even more, overflow upon overflow upon overflow, revelation upon revelation upon revelation, glory to glory to glory. Whoever has... Okay, did you ever... Think about what that means. It says, whoever has will be given more. Well, what was he just talking about? He was talking about ears to hear. Whoever has ears to hear will be given more revelation. Does that make sense? Do you agree with that? doesn't matter if you agree. It's the truth. Whoever, but it matters if you employ it. 
Whoever has ears to hear will be given. Actually, it does matter if you agree. That was a bad statement. Just stricken it from the record. Whoever has ears to hear will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken. So we have got to get rid of any stubbornness of heart. You know, look at our own lives. You know, this is not a matter of, condem- of condemning yourself. It's not that. It's not a matter of, you know, sitting around and saying, okay, you know, let's just go ahead and castigate me, God, for all the mistakes I've ever made. That's not it. But we want to consider more. We want to say, Lord, where do I have a hardness in my heart? Where do I have a stubbornness? Where have I allowed the veil to remain? Show me so that you and I together can get rid of it, so that I can walk in the total revelation of what you have, so that I can be a blessing to those around me. I don't want to be terrorists among the weak. I don't want to be that to somebody. So we need to get rid of the stubbornness of heart. We need to get rid of the incredulity thinking, because nothing is too big for God, and nothing is impossible with God. We need to get rid of the, I'm not worthy. I'm sorry. You know, Jesus died for you. You are worthy. So you need to get rid of the, I'm not worthy thinking. You need to get rid of the, it makes no sense to me. You know, a lot of, that's the man, the carnal, the man thinking versus the God thinking. Of course it doesn't make sense. The carnal and the spiritual are at enmity with one another. God doesn't want to make sense. If God made sense in everything that you did, you would be reducing him to your own understanding. Correct? His ways are higher. His thoughts are bigger. We need to also get rid of thinking that says, it didn't work for me. You know, I hear that one a lot. Well, I tried it, but it didn't work. No, I'm sorry. Just the very fact that you have that thought in your head. Not you, not you. I'm using the you generic term. Just the very thought, that very thought means that you didn't do it God's way. I'm not trying to be mean today, guys. But to him whom much is given much is expected. You wouldn't be here if you weren't a much-expecting group of people. (laughs) I am expecting so much for you. So these thinkings, you know, the ones that I just went through, these thinkings, they're just trash. They're absolute trash, and their only purpose in your life is to stop you from the glory of God, to try to stop you, to try to stop you from walking in the blessing. Okay, and y'all know I'm really not a money preacher, but, you know, tithing is an awesome example of this. You either believe God or you don't believe God. He says you can prove him when you tithe. He says he'll rebuke the devourer on your behalf. I see everybody putting their coats on, so go ahead and turn it back up. It's okay. (laughs) but you see here's the deal we don't try God out we do what he says 
You know, if we're sitting here thinking, oh, I'll just, you know, try this. Well, he knows what you're thinking in your heart. But we, we, we examine ourselves, and if we think it hasn't worked, maybe we need to stop and think, is there somewhere in my life where maybe I'm not recognizing? Maybe I'm not being thankful enough? Maybe I'm not really seeing what he really did for me? Does that make sense? So, or, hey, do I have a trust issue? You know, and that's just one area. Do I have a trust issue? Do I have a rebelliousness issue? We cannot, if we expect, we cannot expect God to honor our disobedience. Cannot. Anyone who expects that, who thinks that, that's a, you're not a fool. You just have a particular area in your life where maybe you need to walk in a little more trust. You know, do you understand what I'm saying? So, how can we hear better from God? Well, we have the Holy Spirit, right? Y'all have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's always talking to you. Always. Jesus told us one very important step in Mark 5. He put out, he put out all who were walking in doubt from his inner circle. He put them out. He did not allow contaminating spirits to remain in the room. That doesn't mean you don't love that person. You love the person. But he was attending to someone who needed healing. Okay? Mark 5. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said. Ignoring. When someone you know needs healing and the doctors are saying it's, it's over, it's finished, are you going to be like Jesus and are you going to set your face as flint and are you going to rise up in your spirit and shout out the promises of God? Jesus ignored them. Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. Believe in the truth of God. Believe in the life of Jesus. He did not let anyone follow except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came into the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. Beloved, when you are in the midst of trouble, set your face, walk ahead, don't succumb to the fear. Don't succumb to the commotion. Walk straight ahead. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Summon the roar. Summon the lion of the tribe of Judah. He came as a lamb, but today he is our king, the lion of the tribe of Judah. That's your answer to chaos.
Why the commotion and the wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. They laughed at him. Who cares? Frankly, who cares? You've got a mission. You've got a job to do. Who cares? I really don't care if people laugh. Jesus will quiet that laugh. You don't even have to worry about it. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Little girl, I say to you, get up. What do you need to say that to in your life today? Take a minute and think. It's not too big for God. It's not too big for God. Immediately, the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. So this is what we must do. When the doubts and the demons are talking, we must put them out. We must not be moved by the haters. You must not be moved by the doubters. You must not be moved by what you see or feel when it is disagreeing with the word. Be moved only by the word and the life of Jesus. He came to bring life. So if you are in a time of being challenged in any area, in any area, if you are in a time of being challenged, just say to Jesus, help me overcome my unbelief. Don't be ashamed that you had a doubt. Just say, Jesus, help me overcome that. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. In our weakness, he comes to bring his strength, to supplant his strength, to replace. At the end, at the end when we get to our weakest point, he's there, beloved. He's for you and not against you. Mark 9, 19. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? In other words, go ahead, see it now, take the revelation now, be bold, take it, get rid of the dullness and the man mentality. How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? You know, I thought that was just a really weird question. Jesus would have known that. What, why do you think he asked that question? Maybe he was wanting to, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the answer. But maybe he was wanting the parent to realize, wow, this has been going on forever. But you know what? It's fixable. You know, I mean, he was such a, he was such a, he is such a real Jesus. He reaches into the everydayness of our lives. You see? How long has he been like this? From childhood. I mean, so that was going on a long time. He answered, it has thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if, any, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus. So in other words, he's basically saying, of course I can. See me for who I am, of course. Know my love, know my compassion, know my power and authority for you. Everything is possible for him who believes in Jesus. 
I added that part. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Do you, uh, you see God's mercy? Do you see God's mercy here? Please, beloved, don't condemn yourself when things are not working out and when, when, you are have moment, when you are having moments of doubt. Please, just turn it back to Jesus. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. That's where we need to be. I command you, come out, and you will not come back and take any more territory. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him, violently came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he is dead, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet. And he stood up. You see, so many people were still, and we need to not see Jesus as just the carpenter's son. That's why he could do no more, do very few miracles in his own hometown, because they weren't seeing the greatness, the fullness. We are, we are here to live in the fullness of Christ. And they saw him as the carpenter's son. Mark 6. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where does this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him that he, that he even does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? See, this is common thinking. These are soul ties. You see that? It's soul thinking. It's living out of the soul instead of living out of the spirit. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown among his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. You see, they saw only the carpenter's son. They did not see the king of kings, the lion of Judah. We have a king of kings. We have a lion of Judah. We need to get rid of the familiar spirits tied to our souls and embrace the new. Embrace the Holy Spirit. Soulish spirits, get rid of them. Non-Holy Spirit thinking. We need to get rid of that hometown boy mentality. See that? This is the way that I was taught. So, if it's against the word of God, learn the new way. Learn the new thought. This is the way it's always been done. So what? What does that mean? That means nothing. The way God does it is what means something. This is the way my father did it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in this position. I'm just going to have to move out up through the ranks. No, I'm sorry. God doesn't have rank moving, you know, I'm just going to, you know, be down in the trenches. No, he doesn't put anybody down in the trenches. He has supernatural above and beyond living for you. 
He has supernatural provision for you in every area of life. He does not have, I'm just going to climb the ladder type thinking. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, that's stinking thinking. So what does he have? He has mountain moving thinking. Mountain moving thinking. He has ladder jumping, supernatural vision, new dreams, new dreams, new visions, eagle soaring living for you. That's what he has, eagle soaring living for you. Mark 127, what is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to the evil spirits and they obey him. <coughs> you see, he could not keep his presence, his presence a secret. Mark 7, 24. Jesus left that place. He went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet he could not keep his presence secret. When you walk into a room, you want this to be said of you. that the presence of Jesus is not a secret in all his power and in all his glory. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose daughter was possessed of an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter, and this is what he said, first, let the children eat all they want. For it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. You see what he's saying there? You get that? Then he told her, for such a reply, for such a reply, you may go, the demon has left your daughter. What are you going to reply when the situation seems insurmountable? When it seems that it, it's not for you, that the answer isn't coming? She said, even the dogs get the crumbs under the table. Well, you're not even a dog. You're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone because she believed and replied in her faith of what Jesus could do. So what are you going to reply? What will be your reply? When the money seems lacking, when you need healing, when someone around you needs healing, when fear is knocking at the door, when the devil's talking to you, what will be your reply? Will it going to be that the promises of God are not true? Will it be that his ways haven't worked for you? No. No, 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 no. That will not be your reply. Will you find the heart of God for you? 
Will you believe his word? Will you believe the love of God for you? Will you believe the provision for you? Will you believe the healing for you? Will you find the heart of God? Will you find the beauty of God? Yes, amen. And obey him no matter what seems to be the cost because then you win. And everyone around you wins. You know, when you walk in the ways of God, the people around you are affected. They win when you win. Okay, yeah, I know I'm a long preacher, but you know what? Just have a lot to say. We have a lot to learn about the Lord and not enough time. So I wasn't, I didn't have this example plan, but, and all, you probably have heard it before, so it'll be really, really quick. But, you know, when Emma and I were driving to Columbia, okay, this is the Holy Spirit. This is how the Holy Spirit works. No, no glory to us, no, no kudos, okay, that's not the point of this. But, you know, she would always drive me everywhere because she's a really, really good driver. And that was fine with me, and I liked it. And I don't have that anymore. Rats. <laughs> but anyway, she would drive us everywhere. And one morning, we were going up to... No, we were going past Columbia. I don't know where we were going, but we were going through Columbia. Huh? Oh, we were going to Warrensburg to visit Benjamin, yeah. And <laughs> so, you know, I told you before, I, I came around the corner. Oh, back up. Okay, so she was supposed to drive that morning, and we both had just a thing in our spirit. I mean, I probably hadn't driven my car in like a year, unless I was by myself. And um, I, di I don't know if she said it to me first or I said it to her first. But, oh, she said, do you want me to drive? And I said, you know, I'm really sorry, Emma. I know you like to drive, but I really have a check in my spirit today. And she said, well, good, I had the same check. Thank you, Lord, for a child <laughs> who listens to the Holy Spirit and will agree with a check. She could have ignored the check. I could have ignored the check because I didn't want to hurt her feelings. Okay? So I'm driving that day, come around the corner on, on this turn on Highway 70 at, you know, 60 miles an hour. There is a full refrigerator in my lane. There is a man on my tail that I can't, or a car, I can't even see his grill. I, I kid you not. I can't see his grill in my mirror. And right behind me, right to the right of me, is a semi-truck. I have nowhere to go. Nowhere. And so, I guess the angels just picked up the car or something. I don't really know how it happened. I'm just, in my heart, I am, Jesus, what are you going to do? Because this all happened so fast. I mean, it was right there, right around the corner. So, I... The car, I feel the car. I'm sure I'm turning the, the lane or something. You know what? No fear ever came upon me. None. No panic, no upsetness. So, and that guy in the semi moved over, I guess. And so we go between the refrigerator and the semi. And, like, maybe we have this much room on either side. Maybe that much room. I don't know. We run around it, and we go back in our lane, and we just move on. But here's the thing. One time when I told that story, someone in this church yelled out, What happened to the guy behind you? 
because he was right on my tail. I could not see his grill. And you know what the Holy Spirit shouted out through me when, when that person asked that question? I said, the Holy Spirit anointing on me fell on him and saved him and protected him. You are required. God needs you to walk in the Holy Spirit full of authority and his love and his power because you don't know when it's going to save somebody else's life. And that may not just be physical life. That may be emotional, mental, whatever. We serve a miracle-working God if we just agree with him and embrace him. Let me tell you, when Jesus is in the house, when the Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father God comes and becomes your viewpoint, sitting there, (laughs) sitting there at the right hand of God with your Jesus, when that is your viewpoint, you are the miracle that somebody needs. God does not have crumbs for you. He has Holy Spirit, glory to glory, revelation upon revelation, ascended life living for you. And if you are bored today, and you think it's all going too long, I'm not sorry. We have come to meet Jesus. There is nothing in your life that is more important than what you are doing right now. We must see him, we must speak him, we must read him, we must do it his way. He is saying, he is saying, he is saying to you today, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? That's what he says to you every day. Not just today, every single day. So quit being visionless. We gotta quit, we gotta quit being visionless. We got to quit being dreamless. We got to quit not seeing the supernatural. We got to get on our courage and put on our roar and shout it out. Find Barnabas, Mark 10, 46. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. Call him. I see something here. Call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. 
throwing his cloak aside. That was the beggar's cloak. He threw it aside. He goes, it's not for me anymore. I will no longer wear the beggar's cloak. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. And don't you know, he wanted more than his physical sight that day. I want more than physical sight. I want to see into the spirit realm. I want to see all the vision of God. I want to see everything he has for me and you. Jesus asked him, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. You see? You see what he has for you? He has basketful upon basketful upon basketful. Overflow for you. Overflow for you. All who touched him were healed. Okay, Mark 6. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to him. He sent, oh, Mark 6, 6. He sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. It's been given to you. You have it. Mark 6, 56. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let him touch even the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. You have the new gospel. It belongs to you. He is faithful and true. It is time to touch the reality of Jesus in our everyday lives. It is time to raise our thinking. It is time to believe the promises of God by which we walk in the divine nature. He is faithful. He is true. He will never desert you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is filled with love and compassion and mercy and healing and faithfulness unto you. Cling to him. Cling to his word. Because when you cling to his word, you cling to his very life. And overflow belongs to you. So, one last thing. Thank you for being patient. Mark 3, this is our commission. You probably, I don't know, maybe you've read this before and maybe you've thought about it as your commission. It's not the typical verse. Mark 3, 14, he appointed 12. If he appointed the 12, he's appointed you. Designating them apostles that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. That's you, beloved. Three things. Be with Jesus. See, it says that? That's the first thing he says right there. Be with Jesus. You know, know his love, right? Preach and take authority. That's your job. That's what he had me say today. <laughs> I love you guys. I love, I love that you are after the meat of the word. I love that you are after the meat of the word. 
So we're going to take communion. Of course, we have open communion. Anyone who's a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ can take communion. Oh, Lord, you tell us. I'll wait for people to... Does everybody have the elements? Everybody stand up. Oh, Lord, you tell us to do this in remembrance of you. Lord, we're not just remembering you historically. We are remembering who you are. We are remembering what you have done. We are remembering the sacrifice you have made. We are remembering the crown of thorns. We are remembering the stakes that you took in your feet and your hands. We are remembering that you allowed yourself to be spat upon. We are remembering that you allowed yourself to be ridiculed. And it didn't matter because you were doing it for us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can I thank you enough? Cannot thank you enough. So thank you, Lord, that you allowed yourself to be hung on that cross for me. And I take the body of Christ in remembrance of what you have done for me. Beloved, this is a meal that heals. Take your healing. Take your healing. Take your healing. In Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, thank you for the blood, your blood, that you poured out for me. Lord, I come to you. I ask forgiveness for anything in my life that is not pleasing unto you. And I thank you that you've forgiven me. I thank you that the blood washes me pure as snow and that I stand free before you. Thank you for doing that for me, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. For our tithes and our offerings today, I'm going to read Malachi 3. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. 
test me in this, test me in this, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I will prevent the pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land. Yours will be a delightful land. He rebukes the devourer on your behalf. When you trust him with what he has given you and for your offerings that men will pour into your bosom, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, Lord, I, you can go ahead and take the tithes and the offerings. And I'll pray over you. We have celebration Sunday next Sunday, so everyone bring a non-sweet treat. We celebrate the things that bring joy to people's lives as a family. Lord, I thank you for revelation. I thank you, Lord, that you speak to our very hearts. I thank you that we tap into your very heart, Lord God. I thank you that we walk in the new creation. I thank you that we walk in your power and your authority and your love for those around us, Lord. And I thank you for your blessing upon the people here and their families, Lord. I thank you that you speak to them, that you guide them, that you hold them in your hand. I thank you that you reveal your wisdom and strength and truth unto them, Lord. I thank you that they are the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, above only and not beneath, and that all that they do shall prosper. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, beloved, you're dismissed. I love you guys. I love everybody. And I will see you. Do you? Oh, thanks, Sharon. God bless you.